Amen. So during the time that we had announcements and an offering, 50-plus children died in the world because they didn't have food. I think we'd collectively say, no, we're not okay with that. No, we are, we are not okay with that. So I want to invite you to help us. Our church has already invested about $9,000 toward the 100,000 meals that we'll pack. Collectively, with other churches and organizations, a million meals. In the last hour, we had uh, about $2,800 that came in through the app. And so I'm going to ask you, with, without any hesitation, just open up the app and then pick your amount and pick general missions. Every dollar that will go into general missions, 100% of that will go toward all of the hunger needs and specifically the 100,000 meals we will pack. But also inside the app and online, we want to invite you to come join us. We've got a few hundred spots left where you can go and take an hour of your time and actually help us box and prepare these meals to be delivered. And so I want to invite you to do both. I want to invite you to give and give generously, and I want to ask you to serve and serve heartily. And so if you would do those two things, that would be so wonderful. I know out at the, uh, out at the store today, they've got these cool little welcome home magnets, and I think I'm supposed to sell them for a dollar. Now, they don't know what I'm about to tell you, so whoever the first person is there, tell them I called an audible. So when you leave, uh, if you would show them your handwritten notes from today's sermon, for those of you who have never done that, it could be just like, I heard Chuck, okay? And if you'll take that and give them five bucks, then they're going to give you two of these so you can put one on each of your cars. But this is a very special magnet right here. This one, there's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, so I want a very special person to be able to have this one magnet. I mean, it's, it's, y'all can't imagine how special this is. So Rusty, this one is special enough that it's worth a hundred bucks. So man, think of the kids that are going to eat on behalf of your magnet. Way to go, buddy. That's the benefit of your best friend being in your church. All right, so I haven't been here in three weeks. I mean, I had my buddy preach and I was here and then Bobby preached and I was here and last week I was at the flu. So I got 90 minutes worth of sermon so buckle up. Hey, you know that song, when, when we all get to heaven? Yeah. So my, pa, my grandpa, when we would sing that song in church when I was a little boy, this is, he only sang two songs. He sang that one, and he sang Amazing Grace. And my granddad could not sing a lick. And, but those are the two that he sang out loud. So when it got to the part, we'll sing and shout the victory, my grandpa would always go, whoop. So just try it. We'll sing and shout the victory. Well, you're better than 9.30. Uh, we'll try it one more time. We'll sing and shout victory. Okay, listen, that is just so wonderful. You can do this all during the sermon. I say something, you get jacked up about it, and what do you do? See, it's so much fun. Why not have fun when you come to church? Like, you know, if whoop isn't your thing, you know, do whatever, you know? I was preaching at church in Savannah a few years ago, and I noticed there was a cat sitting on the front row, kind of like where Ron is right now, and he was dressed, man. I mean, we're talking about pocket square. He had it all going on, the vest, the whole deal. And he was one of those guys that talked to you while you were preaching. I would make a point, 
And he was like, tell them. I, I just did. And then as I, I, he got me all jacked up and he started waving a hanky. And I thought, okay, he's off his meds. But while I'm here, we're going to push him all the way over the cliff. So I just kept going. By the time we got done, his tie was off. He's waving it. And I'm thinking, I'm not even a good preacher. Can you imagine what this guy would do? I came to find out he really is crazy. There you go. Boy, I miss y'all. So in Matthew chapter 22, the 22nd chapter of Matthew, Jesus tells a story. And we're in this series called The Story Inside the Story. It's about Jesus talking and telling the parables. Now, if you don't know what a parable is, it's okay. A parable is a story that Jesus tells that has this earthly connection to it. Like, okay, I get that, but it has this eternal heavenly meaning. So it's like Jesus is saying, I want you all to get it here in this context. And when you do, I'm going to translate that knowledge over here into a heavenly meaning. And he tells these stories to bring people with him. And the story is always inside the story. Now, today's story is about a banquet. And at this banquet, there are about four stories inside the story. So let's just read the story, all right? Jesus also told them other parables. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, He sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared, the bulls and fattened cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business, others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and alike, bad. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen." Now, Jesus is in this predicament where in the, in the 21st chapter, right ahead of this, the, the, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they are so frustrated that Jesus is on the scene. Now, you'd have to appreciate that Jesus begins his ministry as, as a rabbi. And so he has come, and technically, this rabbi would be under the laws of the Pharisees. And the rabbi in Jesus comes from Nazareth, 
And remember now, all of these Pharisees and Sadducees have 600 plus rules, and their predominant job is to bust who's ever breaking the rules. I mean, they are like the the Jewish CIA, and now they have a special prosecutor that's investigating them and the FBI. And then we find texts that were lost, and we, we, you get a picture? (laughs) Whoop, yeah, so, so the Pharisees are like, we gotta get rid of this dude. So Jesus then throws this story down on them, and they're like so messed up. It's like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's saying that heaven is like a banquet. And I, I know you guys get it, but, but let's just get really practical here and know that the person that is the king in the story is God. Are you with me? The son in the story, the groom, is Jesus. The first invitation is to the nation of Israel, the Israelites, who said, no thanks, this isn't for me. And then the second invitation is for everybody. We, including me and you now, we are invited to the banquet. That's worth a whoop. Oh my gosh. I've been going three weeks and you've gone deaf and mute on me. Let's try it one more time. And And the invitation from the king was to all of us. Bring it. Can you imagine the frustration of these guys? Because you see, a wedding was a big deal in first century Jewish life. Because a wedding happened like this. A wedding had the parents of a girl and the parents of a guy, and the parents came together and signed a contract. And when they signed the contract, they were married. But at the end of the signing, The the bride went home, and the groom went away to create a home. And they didn't come back together until all that was done. But when they came back together, then they had a massive feast. Remember, Jesus, his first miracle is turning the water into the wine. The good (laughs) stuff. That's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. I need a drink. All right. (laughs) Whoop. I didn't see that one coming. Thank you. (laughs) See, church can be fun, can't it? Yeah. So when they come together for the feast, it's like a week long, man. And these people know how to party. Like, I've been to some of your weddings, and some of y'all know how to party. I've been to some others, and it's like, y'all need to learn how to party you know, but these people, it was a big deal. So when Jesus is telling the story and he's telling about a banquet, that is a honor, a ceremony of a wedding. Who's the bride? You are the church. We are the bride. So the King, God, the father is, has invited all of us to come to the banquet. And when we come to the banquet, we RSVP, I'll be there through Jesus, the Son. You see, when God opened up the invitation to all of us, because the Jewish people said, no thank you, 
God said, but wait a minute then. I'm going to invite all people. I'm going to invite good. I'm going to invite bad. And when I invite them and they say yes to the RSVP, I'm going to give them new clothing. Now watch this. You don't have to be a scholar to get this picture. That God is providing a covering for those who will say yes to the invitation to come sit at the banquet. The king is saying, come to the banquet in honor of my son, Jesus. And when you RSVP, yes, Jesus, come live in my life. Come change my life. I want you to forgive me. I want to live for you. When we do that, we're accepting the king's invitation and we get to sit at the banquet table with Christ himself. Now we're talking. This wedding banquet wasn't just for anybody. It was for us. And you say, well, why, why did the Jewish nation, why did they respond? Why didn't they jump on the invitation? Well, some did. But now the Pharisees over here, the Sadducees over here, the problem with them getting on board was that now those 600 rules are all way down the chart because the one thing that matters is Jesus. See, it's... It, they're not celebrating rules. They're celebrating the person that comes and fulfills all the rules and says, Don't, all you got to do is two things. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love yourself. How? As you love your neighbors. Love your neighbors. How? As you love yourself. And J Jesus says, that's the whole deal. So naturally, they're ticked off. I don't want to go to a banquet that celebrates this. I want to bust somebody doing wrong. Have y'all been watching the Olympics and uh, Tara Lipinski and that dude that's got like a man bun thing going on. Have you seen that? That's the weirdest cat I've ever seen in my life, man. But, but have you heard how ruthless they are with, I don't know a triple sow cow from anything, right? What, who, who named something a sow cow? And then in the middle of that, they're just ripping these people to shreds. And they're talking about stuff that, well, look, though, her blade did that. And I thought, well, you go do it, cat. You know, I'm thinking, I don't get it, but see, as long as we're looking to find problems with people, we're going to find them. They're there. They're everywhere. But everybody, yeah. You know who that person was? Me. That's what, he's talking about me. But now watch this. To receive the invitation means to go and sit at the banquet. Now they get into this banquet, and I think we all see why the Jewish people didn't say yes I mean, over in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 11, it says that Jesus came to his own people, and even they rejected him. And in the Scriptures, it says that on the first invitation, there were people that said, no, I've got to go to my farm, I've got work to do. No, I've, I've got to go to the house, I've, I've got chores to do. And then others got so irate that they were invited to a banquet the way they were, that they actually abused, beat, and at times killed the messengers. You're saying, what is all that about? Jesus is talking about the prophets that had gone before him, including John the Baptist. And they're saying those people, they rejected Jesus. And they rejected him with a serious case and a serious uh, apathy in regard to God the Father offered them an invitation to the great heavenly banquet. And they said, no, for which, for which we should all be grateful because then we got the invite. We got to come and sit. But notice that the first invitation, it wasn't that those people couldn't go, it was that they wouldn't go. And you say, well, Chuck, I'd never do that. 
If I got invited to Harry and Meghan's wedding, I'd go. You know that's going to be a party. You know that's going to be a banquet. Yeah, I would go. But God the Father is offering an invitation to you right now to accept the invitation. To say, yes, Jesus, I want this. You see, the, the challenge with the apathetic attitude toward the invitation sounds like John 3, 36, where the scripture says anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life but remains under God's angry judgment. So the king has sent the invitation. Now, did you notice that in the, in the wedding, that during the banquet, the scripture says the king noticed someone not wearing his wedding clothes. Now, let me go back just a minute. So when the king says, here's the invitation, and you say yes to the invitation, here's what's happening. God the Father has invited you to his banquet. So what we see here is that God the Father loves us and wants us to sit and feast at his banquet table. And the RSVP that we have is to say, Jesus, I know you've come to seek and to save that which was lost, including me, and I want to live for you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for my sins. I want to sit at the banquet with you. That's the RSVP. God invites, Jesus forgives, we get the blessing, and we sit at the table. Come on, man. If you can't see that these, this clothing issue is the covering of God, then you need to come to church a lot more. You see, God the Father looked down at the party and saw somebody, and it wasn't because his clothes were tattered. It wasn't because his clothes weren't good enough. It wasn't because he was in shorts and flip-flops. It was because he had covered himself in self-righteousness. He had chosen to be one of those that said, I know I got the invitation, but I don't need to come through Jesus to get there. Don't we all end up at the same place at the same time? And the Lord is saying, no. No, we don't. Because the RSVP to the invitation is through Jesus and Jesus alone. So that dude was caught wearing his old clothing. He learned what was the punishment for self-righteousness. The scriptures say that God the Father sent his servants and they cast this guy out. And what, what Jesus describes is that this guy has chosen to not trust Christ. So he, he can't sit at the banquet table in heaven. He doesn't, he, he can fake it. I mean, he was one of those that was, they were sticking with tradition over transformation. They liked what it was. They didn't like what it could be. They just liked it the way it was. They, they picked tradition over transformation. They picked fear over freedom. They picked religion over relationship. And they picked hell over heaven. And you say, well, Chuck, is Jesus really saying that the only way to sit in heaven at the banquet table is through him? Yes. Because what he said was, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the what? The life. <laughs> now watch this. When the religions of the world 
are stripped down to their basic tenets. Every religion in the world stripped down to its basic tenets. We either find humankind working their way toward God or we find the cross of Jesus himself. And there's no middle ground. Now watch this. The first crowd said no to the invitation and in saying no to the invitation, they found their path to unrighteousness. They found their path away from God. And those who came to the cross where Jesus' blood had been shed for the forgiveness of mankind, they came to the banquet. And at the banquet, now they parted. Because you see, Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And there's no other way. There's, there's no other story. The story inside the story is that Jesus said, you can't fake it and make it. You can't dress like a Christian and try to talk like a Christian and show up at church like a Christian and live like hell out there Monday through Saturday without God looking at you and saying, but you're faking it. <coughs> the very people who should have celebrated his coming rejected him. And they invited judgment on themselves. The self-righteous Pharisees heard the parable. And they, they couldn't have missed Jesus' point. Because in the very next phrase, when we get past verse 14, verse 15 says, Then the Pharisees met together to plot how to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. You say, well, Chuck, what's I'd never do that. Are you sure? I, I would never turn my back on Jesus. Are you sure? Well, Jesus, Chuck, I've accepted an, an invitation, and I'm just a little confused right now. I'm trying to find myself. You sure? Are you sure that today, February 11, 2018, are you sure that when you got the invitation today, right now, are you sure you said, yes, I want to punch my ticket to sit at the banquet by trusting Jesus as my Savior? Are you sure? Because I would say to you, I believe in every church in America and in this church, there are people who show up week after week after week, and we're not wearing banquet clothes. We're faking it until we make it. <coughs> Preachers, happy juice. Let <laughs> me use a teal cup. What is up with that? Do I look like a guy who would sip from a teal cup? <laughs> Dr. Gresham, was that you? Oh, that's her. Okay. But now watch this. The real story inside the story is that there's always going to be Pharisees. The story inside the story is a warning to you and I to make sure that we're sitting at the banquet, to make sure that we RSVP'd the invitation. The RSVP saying, Jesus, forgive me. I want to live for you. I want you to take over. You say, well, Chuck, what do I do with the invitation? And he's knocking on your heart right now. And he's saying, I love you. 
And inside your heart, you're saying, but God, you saw what I did last night. You saw, you heard what I said last week. You, you, I'm not worthy. Here's the best news of the story inside the story. None of us are worthy. And the great news, God didn't withhold the invitation because of what you've done. It's because of what you've done that he extends the invitation to you. That he sends this and says, you can say yes to my son and you can have all the benefit of the buffet. You can have the party. You can have the banquet. You can have a permanent seat for how long? Eternity. But why? Because God has opened the invitation to you. So the question I have for you today is this. What are you going to do with your invitation? Is your goal today to say, yeah, Chuck, I, I'm going to answer that invitation. Just, just this one. I'm going, to, I'm going to nail it down this one time. And I'm going to say to Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you come live in my life and make me new? Would you make my way straight? Would you bring peace into my soul? Thank you for dying for me and raising from the dead for me. I want to walk toward you. I'm turning around. I don't want to live for me anymore. And when you respond to the invitation like that, the doors of heaven open and the banquet is displayed and there's a soft, beautiful chair waiting with your name on it to sit beside the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Let's pray. God, today... Lord, you have, uh, you've taken your word and you've put it before us in plain and simple language. You gave us the story inside the story that the invitation was for us. God, I pray people right now would say, Jesus, I, I want to join you at the banquet. I want you to come into my life. I want to thank you that you died for me and you shed your blood for me and that you rose from the dead for me to create a seat at the banquet table for me. And Jesus, I know you came to seek and to save that which was lost. I surrender to you today. And as best I know how, Jesus, would you let me sit at the table with you? And if that's what your heart and your desire is, I, just lift your hand up. I, I wouldn't embarrass you for anything. Yeah, 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 oh my stars, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you know the heart of every person in this room. God, I pray for every man and woman and student that raised their hand. God, give them the courage to follow you in believer's baptism, just to grab my hand and say, Chuck, it's me. Like the six or so kids we baptized Wednesday night, like the four or five we did in the first hour, let us be obedient to follow you even into baptism because you have invited us as our king to the banquet. God, for every person that said yes to that invitation, flood them with mercy and grace. Overwhelm them with your presence and your peace. And it is in the name of Jesus we all pray. Amen, amen, and amen. I realize that the Lord's Supper is a totally separate story than the banquet. 
And I had somebody ask me last time we had communion, you know, Chuck, when I was, when I was little, the deacons would come and they were dressed in their best and they would pass a, a plate of bread and then they would pass a plate of juice. And when they, when they did that, it was kind of special. They, they gathered at the back of the room and they kind of came together and then the pastor served them and then they served him. And why don't we, don't, why don't we do that? How come we don't do it like that, Chuck? Watch. There's a significant reason. Because you see, when the invitation comes, when you get the invitation and you open it up and you see that your name is on it and the invitation says, come to the Lord's table. It is because the forgiveness of sin is this close. Heaven is this close. And when we get that close to the table of the Lord, we don't sit and wait for somebody. We come to the table. This is what we do. So today, while it is a holy moment, while it is a special moment, you get to come to the banquet today. You come because you said yes to the invitation. And we'll eat this bread together and we'll drink this juice together and Jesus will tell us why. There's stations up front, stations in the back. We've even got one here that's gluten-free and I don't even know what that means. But come on to the Lord's table. Come on, don't wait. The invitation is there. All you gotta do is take it. All you gotta do is say yes. Oh my, it's pretty. Watch folks come and dine at the table. This is, this is what Jesus said to do. Remember me. He never told us to do it in a drill sergeant matter. He did this with his friends around his table. He talked about the bread and he talked about the blood and he, he talked about how he was going to give his life that we could have life. Oh, my stars, how could you not answer that invitation? How could, you, how could you see the Lord's table and still say, no, I'll wait for another day? There was a fellow in Scripture by the name of Festus, or Felix, I'm sorry, named Felix. Paul was standing before him, and Paul was telling this, this man about Jesus and how Jesus had had his life taken from him and he was beaten beyond anything we could comprehend. He was nailed to a cross. He was hanging there to die and that his blood, like the spotless lamb of God, had been shed that we could have forgiveness of our sins. And Felix looked at Paul and he said, not today. And he walked away and we never read about him again. My friend, I don't think I'm going to meet him in heaven. This is why you come to the Lord's table. He took the bread. I love the fact that Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he blessed it. Isn't that what he does for us? Who takes this messed up life and it's broken and it's just, it's just a mess? And he takes all of his goodness and his righteousness and he takes his blessing 
and he anoints us all the way to the marrow of our bone and he says, oh, I love you. And when you taste this bread, know that you're remembering me. And he prayed, Father God, today, as we consume this tiny piece of bread, I pray we remember that it's a picture of your broken body. Amen. They ate. I can't imagine the electricity in that room. I mean, seriously. Jesus is there, and they have seen him bring sight to people that were blind. He has, they have seen him bring people to life from death. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen him turn water into wine. They've seen it all happen. And they ran to the table, and they held up this little glass. And Jesus said, when you drink this, it's a picture of my shed blood for the forgiveness of your sin. And then he said this, when you drink this, remember me. And man, they got together. I'm just like some of us here today. And they said, what, what now? Jesus, what now? And they sang. And today, because of that Savior, we sing as well. Come on, church, let's sing.